um, kids church I, I mean it's interesting because it's part of my introduction I remember being part of a kids church in another church uh, some years ago now when I was at when I was at Salisbury um, uh, we got involved with a, with a kids church program and we had uh, a few hundred kids that came along it was very popular and it still is obviously and uh, my part of my responsibility was that I was responsible for teaching a little group of about 15 to 20 kindy to uh, grade two children and uh, we'd been talking about uh, how God wanted uh, Paul the apostle Paul to be on his team that was kind of the theme through it to be on God's team and uh, we were talking about how God wanted Paul to be on his team and this was when the Lord had actually uh, uh, converted and called Paul uh, on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9 and uh, the application of this being that, that God wanted all of us to be on his team and at the end of the session I invited the children just to bow their heads and and to pray and and, uh, and I just felt that it would be good to have one of these little ones or a couple of kids to pray I didn't know whether they would but I gave that opportunity and I said look if any one of you little ones just wanted to pray uh, God would just love to hear your prayers he's listening he's right here now and uh, and so I just left it at that and we just bowed our heads and there was a, a little moment a brief moment of quietness and then then this little voice of this little boy broke the silence by simply praying this prayer he said dear God I want to be on your team and I thought oh wow I think tears started to appear in my eyes and and it was just a, a wonderful fantastic uh, prayer to hear from this uh, this precious little guy and I'm sure the Lord's heart just melted too and I'm sure the Lord had a big smile on his face listening to this little guy and you know there wasn't a movement in the room from any other kids there's no noise it was just listening to this little guy pray that simple little heartfelt prayer uh, it was a very precious moment and of course later on and what actually happened out of that later on it seemed to open the way for more little ones to have that kind of broke the ice a bit and, and more were willing to pray openly uh, and it was just a fabulous time to be part of it as you that are in, involved with kids club and kids church experience yourselves as well it's just a beautiful a privileged part of God's ministry to be involved in author and preacher E.M. Bounds he writes a lot of books on prayer and uh, he said this once he said praying praying is the best school in which to learn to pray I don't know how many sermons you've heard on prayer and I just hope that this isn't just one of those other ones you just kind of tick a box and say yep there's another one just pray that we'll be listening to what God wants to say to us tonight but praying is the best school in which to learn to pray uh, Tim Keller in his book on prayer he, he says this prayer is both conversation and encounter with God we must know the awe of praising his glory the intimacy of finding his grace and the struggle of asking his help all of which can lead us to know the spiritual reality of his presence beautiful reasons to pray isn't it but I want us to ask a question tonight and uh, I want you to ponder the answer yourself as we go through this so the simple question I want to consider tonight is why pray why pray I mean if God knows everything and he does he knows everything about you and me he knows every thought there's no mysteries with us before God he sees it all um, so if he knows everything and, and and he knows every need that I have why pray why pray well I want you now to take a deep breath and brace yourself because I want to give you a fairly complex theological answer and it's simply this God says so 
Why pray? God says so. God says to. So we pray. In fact, um, God says, I want my people to pray. He says, I want my people to pray all the time. Luke 1, 8, Luke 18, that parable that was just read was by Tom. Luke 18, verse, chapter 1, verse 1, sorry. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Always pray and not give up. So Jesus, in this parable, told them about a persistent widow who refused to give up. And she wouldn't be silenced until she was heard and received justice, even from an unwilling, uncaring, unjust judge. And then Jesus says this about this parable, verse 7, And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? As followers of the Lord Jesus, he says that we should always pray and not give up. This same message is repeated through scripture. The same message repeated by Paul very clearly to us probably a number of times if we went looking for him, the times he talks about prayer. But this one from 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 18, um, Paul says this, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So he says, pray continually. Or in other words, pray without ceasing. Pray with that. So what is God really saying here through the Apostle Paul? Because I think the fact being, if we're honest, if we're really honest, um, most of us struggle to pray much at all. You know, and if we do pray, and it can be hard. Um, our minds tend to drift, five minutes or whatever it might be, after we start praying. And if you're tired, well, then it's almost hopeless to to try and have a meaningful time of prayer. But let alone coming to terms with this whole concept of pray without ceasing. I want to suggest tonight that, um, that we're meant to see prayer not so much as an event that you go to, a meeting that you attend, and, and, and I know that's part of it, but not to see it so much as that, but to see it more of an attitude, to see it more of a lifestyle of communion and fellowship with the living God. That's what I think that we're, we're supposed to see in this. The late Dr. Ollie Halsby, um, he was one of Norway's leading preachers, he once said this, God designed prayer as a means of intimate and joyous fellowship between God and man. I love that. And then Andrew Murray, uh, he said this of his own prayer life. He said that it would become the spontaneous the spontaneous expression of my life with the Lord. Beautiful words. He went on and said this, that the whole of life becomes a looking up and a crying from the innermost heart to God. The whole of life, not just part of it, not just, can't, why can't we go to a prayer meeting? Yeah, done that. But it's the whole of life. It's engaging with God. It's being aware of his presence. And I think that sounds pretty close to what uh, Paul means here by pray continually. Or pray without ceasing. And so it seems to me that, in other words, as a believer in Christ, it's about consciously being aware of having God in your space 
consciously being aware that God is with you. He's in your space all the time. It's like Jesus said, I am with you. How, long, how much time is he I am with you. Say again? Yeah, always. I am with you always. Everywhere, always, all the time. I am with you always. And so perhaps when we think of it in that, in that context... And we ponder prayer in that, in that kind of light. Maybe that helps to make sense of such passages as we've just read. Be joyful always. Be joyful always? How is it possible to be joyful always? Well, what about verse 7 that says pray continually? Be joyful always. How is that possible? I think by praying continually. Verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances. How is it possible to give thanks in all circumstances? Back to verse 7 again, pray continually. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. A, a, a guy by the name of Adam Clark, uh, he says this, He who has the spirit of prayer has the highest interest in the court of heaven. And the only way to retain it is to keep it in constant employment. Apostasy, or in other words, falling away from your faith, begins in the closet. No person ever backslid from the life and power of Christianity who continued constant and fervent in private prayer. He who prays without ceasing is likely to rejoice evermore, says Adam Clark. How is it possible to pray continually? I think what helps is to understand that prayer is not just an event. But it's more of a lifestyle, it's more of an, of an attitude, it's more of an awareness of communion with the God who made you, the God who loves you, the God who gave himself for you, and the God who indwells you by his Holy Spirit. The God who indwells you by his Holy Spirit. When you just think of that amazing concept and try and get your head around that, that the triune God indwells you, and when you think about that amazing fact... And kind of just walk with me through these steps here. How often, does the, how often is the believer indwelt by the Holy Spirit? How often is he? Continually. Continually. How often then does this seem that, 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 that it seems to indicate that God's desire to commune and fellowship with you and you with him? How often does that seem? If you're indwelt by the Holy Spirit continually, what's that saying about God's desire to have fellowship and communion with you? How often? Continually, I think. Don't you think? If you're indwelt by him continually, doesn't it make sense if he loves you deeply? And he does. How often he wants to have that communion with you. It's continuous, continually. Wouldn't we call that prayer? With him, he with us? Wouldn't we call that what it means to walk with God? Walking with God? Having that communion, that fellowship with him? But having painted that picture, this is not meant to say, for example, that prayer is just a passive state of being either. It's not just kind of saying, hey, I'm praying, when your mind might be elsewhere. It's not saying that either. I mean, any meaningful conversation that you need, any meaningful conversation, has to be active and intentional. And it's the same with prayer. It has to be active. It has to be intentional. And I wouldn't play down either the hard work and the intensity at times 
of those who, are in, who engage in intercessory prayer. You know, where battles are fought and won by prayer. I mean, we're talking about another concept here. And, and no battle is a walk in the park. It can be costly, it can be strenuous, and it can be demanding. For those of you, if anyone here this morning, tonight knows what it's like to be engaged in, in, in intercessory prayer, it can be hard work, and I'm not making light of that. And it doesn't mean, for example, that you'll never wrestle with God. There'll be times when you will wrestle with God. I know for a particular, and I haven't got time to talk about this right now, but I just want to say, for three days I wrestled with God about a particular thing he was calling me to do. And I argued with the Lord and I said, Lord, there's other people that can do that. And he just would not let that burden go from me for three days. And on the third day I gave in and some incredible things happened through obedience, just saying, all right, Lord, you win. And uh, so we can wrestle with God in prayer. I believe Jesus wrestled with the Father in Gethsemane. Not my will, but yours be done. Lord, if there be any other way, Father, be any other way, take this cup from me, this wrestling that goes on at times. So it doesn't mean you'll ever wrestle with God. It doesn't mean you'll never face opposition in your prayer life i suggest most times you will you set aside you you intentionally go to set aside a time to pray you'll be surprised how that will be opposed something else will come up the enemy does not want you to pray and he'll do everything he can to stop you from doing because he knows then you've got him that's where he loses in your prayer that's where you take ground from him so why pray why pray? Well, because God says so. Pray continually. We are to pray continually not to give up. That is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, as that scripture says. But secondly, I wonder if you thought of this concept. God values your prayers. Did you know that? He loves your prayers. When they come from your heart, he listens. He longs. He loves your prayers he uh, he calls us to let your requests be made known to god he calls us to pray and i wonder how often we really fully appreciate the fact that god really does value our prayers you know we're, we're aware for example that that god receives the prayer of his people like the pleasing aroma of the old testament uh, incense that was offered up to god in that place of worship King David the psalmist, I think he captures some of that and he declares to God these words in Psalm 141 and verse 2. He says, May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. What a beautiful picture of prayer offered to God. And this amazing picture is captured again, but this time by the Apostle John from the heavenly perspective. And these words will be familiar with us as we went through Revelation just recently. Revelation 5 and verses 6 to 8 says this. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing in the centre of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures... And the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Listen to this. Each 
each, each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense which are the prayers of the saints golden bowls full of incense which are the prayers of the saints can you can you kind of capture something of the value that God has in the prayers or from the prayers of his people what an awesome picture that is how amazing to think that God values the prayers of his people that are offered up to him and although they come out of very imperfect earthen vessels such as we are yet they're received by God as a pleasing aroma in vessels of gold God values the prayers of his people and I believe they do touch the heart of God just like that little boy that little prayer that he prayed from his heart I believe it touched God's heart powerfully and the priest Zachariah in Luke chapter 1 I think he came to understand this in a very significant way as well. Listen to these words from Luke 1, verse 10. And when the time came, sorry, when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you're to give him the name John. Your prayer has been heard, valued. I believe God truly values the prayers of his people. A good incentive as to why we do need to pray. He values our prayers. So, in other words, so, so does that mean then... Does that mean that every time I pray, it just kind of melts God's heart and therefore he'll just kind of, you know, give me everything that I ask for? Should I expect those favourable responses from God if he values my prayers? Uh, no, I don't think that's quite how it is. Because the reality of life is that there are many prayers that seem to go unanswered. Do you know what I mean? Because as we know, and I'm sure we've, we've talked about this a number of times before, because there are, the reality is that sometimes God just says no. The Heavenly Father already knows what you need before you ask him. And being a father, he does know what's best for his children. So sometimes when you ask, he'll just say, no, it's not for you. Sometimes he'll say, wait. But Lord, I want it now. I need this now. He says, wait. Be patient and wait for the Lord. And then sometimes there might just be silence. You pray, there may be silence in your heart. Silence. Um, with no explanation at all. Praying for something a number of times and there's no real answer coming. There seems to be silence from God. No explanation. Do you remember that uh, God never explained why to Job? Never once. He explained why Job went through what he went through. You know, the reality is that God doesn't owe you or I any explanation at all about anything. He really doesn't. No explanation. He doesn't owe you anything. We owe him everything. We don't, he doesn't owe us anything. But he gives out of love and grace. That's how he gives. But scripture does give us reasons for why God will not answer prayer. 
And perhaps you've been through this before, but I'm going to remind us again, there are reasons. I just want to mention three tonight. Three of these reasons as to why God will not answer prayer. Simply, the first one is this, unconfessed sin in the life of the one praying. Someone who is consciously aware that there is sin in the life, but is not confessing that to God, kind of hiding it there, being aware of it. So unconfessed sin in the heart of the person praying. Scripture backs that up. Psalm 66 verse 1. David says this, the psalmist says this, If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. If I cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. So if you knowingly allow sin to remain in your life, God can't answer that prayer. You just grieve the spirit. Second thing is unbelief or lack of faith. Matthew 13, 57, 58 says this, And they took, and they took offence at him, at Jesus. But Jesus said to them, only in his hometown and in his own house is a prophet without honour. And verse 58, and he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. So that can be a, that can be a barrier for answering prayer, for God answering prayer. Hebrews 11:6 simply says this, and without faith it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. If you don't please God, he's not going to kind of answer too many prayers, is he? Without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And a third reason is this. A third reason could be just simply wrong or selfish motives. For that prayer request wrong or selfish motives james 4 3 says this when you ask you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures so there's a few biblical reasons there's obviously a lot more but three's enough tonight for us just to think about in this whole concept of why pray God does value the prayers of his people. But we also need to remember that he also values the motives and the attitude in which they are offered to him. I once used the saying, God doesn't just look at what's in your hand, he looks at what's in your heart. So when you offer something to him, he looks, but he looks here first before he sees what you're offering him. He, he's interested, he's involved with your attitude. He sees your heart. Those things are so important to God. So I want to encourage you tonight. Be encouraged. In fact, can I urge you to grow and mature in your, in your prayer life, in the prayer life, of, um, in your spiritual prayer life this year. Grow, mature in your prayer life this year. How do I do that? You tell me. How do you grow and mature in your prayer life? Pray. Just pray. Pray. Pray by yourself. Develop and grow in your own personal prayer life. It won't be easy. But become aware of the fact that you're indwelt by the Spirit of God. If you're a child of God tonight, you're indwelt by Him. Learn to practice the presence of God. Enjoy Him. Walk with Him. Talk with Him. Learn to pray and, and be involved individually. Pray as couples if you're married tonight. Engage couples. Couples, pray together. Pray as families. 
love that saying, families who pray together stay together. So if you're not praying as families, then get into that, into that habit. Perhaps it's something to start this year. Pray as families. Pray in your life groups, obviously. Pray in the small groups that you may belong to here in the church. Come to the corporate prayer meetings. It doesn't mean that you'll, you may not feel as if you want to pray out loud, but you come and you can join and, and pray in your own heart. There'll be a number of prayer events happening in the life of our church this year. We hope to do a series later on in the, year, in the year. But just keep your eye open for the prayer events and opportunities to pray for each other. I'd love to see a culture of prayer develop in the life of our church. Just stand with someone after the service, for example. If someone shares something with you, say to them, can I pray for you right now? Is that okay? Ask them first. We don't want to embarrass anyone. But just ask them, would you like to sit down? Can we pray for it now? Let me close with, a, uh, with these thoughts from, from Warren Rearsby, um, who spoke about the very passage we've been talking about. He says, the widow in Luke 18 had no lawyer, but we have a high priest at the throne of God in heaven. She had no promises, but we have a Bible filled with promises that we can claim. She was an outsider, but we are the children of God, indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And he says, what a privilege it is to pray. It is, isn't it? What a privilege to pray. Let's do that right now as we close our service. Yeah, Father, we do thank you for this amazing, mysterious uh, part of our Christian life and service uh, of worship, of being able to pray to you. And Father, thank you tonight for just perhaps reminding us of things again that we've heard before or if it's been new information, thank you for that. And Lord, just help us to pray. Help us to be like the disciples who just said to you that day. Lord, teach us to pray. And then, Lord, you taught them that model of the Lord's Prayer. And so you're so longing for us to, to just perhaps grow and mature a little bit more in our, in our prayer life. Help us to do that this year of 2016 to develop more in that line. So, Father, thank you for being a God who hears and answers prayer, not always in the way that we might expect or want, but we just thank you that you, we have a heavenly Father who knows our needs, but who also beckons us, calls us to pray and to let our requests be made known, but to meet you in prayer, to enjoy this communion, this fellowship with you, to grow in intimacy with you. That's what you want, Lord. So teach us, guide us, lead us, we pray, in this experience. And we just know they're going to grow close to you. We know there'll be opposition, Lord, but we just know too that you're going to just draw us so close to your heart. So thanks for meeting us tonight. And thanks that we can meet you anytime, anywhere, any place, Lord, about anything, and you're always there for us. So we bless you as we continue to enjoy our time as we close tonight thanks lord for being with us thank you for going with us into the rest of the evening and into this new week that's ahead of us and all that lies ahead and it's our prayer too that you just bless cole hood and that whole family unit at this time as they grieve and as they prepare for the memorial service and the funeral service on wednesday be with us that family lord and and also for the dallinger family as well just bring them before you just now too 
Yeah, bless the wedding coming up on Saturday too, Father. We just thank you for that, for that couple. So loving Father, thanks for being with us here tonight and uh, thanks for being with us forever as we commit ourselves to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, bless you, folks.